Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. And we are live once again. Rich, what's going on, man? Just a beautiful Friday afternoon in Chicago. Got some 87 degrees, a little bit humid out. Getting uh, some of that uh, honeydew work done over the week. So got the porch. And that's never any fun. Sanding, scraping, priming, painting painting same thing for the fence so trying to get the outside of the house fixed up so that uh, we're able to take advantage of the few nice warm days that we get in chicago you have kids Mm -hmm. shouldn't they be out there doing it they are out there helping me but the thing is you you have to teach them how to do it and as uh, a lot of times you have to go back and redo a little bit what they did but they have been helping me and they you know they've done great work so far and it's good because they learn uh, something that'll help them save some money down the line as well. That's true. That's true. Oh, well, cool. I'm glad your deck's getting done. You're going to invite us all over to hang out in your deck when it's all completed, right? All the Deegans can come over. We have a <laughs> swimming pool too in the backyard, but we put up one of those like above ground pools that uh, it's about four feet high, 16 feet, uh, you know, in, in the um, 16 feet wide. Yeah. So it's uh it's a fun thing to get into. It's much cleaner than Lake Michigan, although Lake Michigan's not that dirty, but you know, it's a little bit uh you know, fun. You go out in the backyard, jump in the pool for a little while, do a little bit of swimming when it's hot and then go back in the house and eat and you know, you're not com- you're not uh you don't have to worry about getting covid, though apparently that's not an issue. Anymore. <laughs> no, no. No. COVID, COVID's gone. It doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Nope. Bye-bye. Yeah. And as a result, hey, you know, as these tracks and company and the states are reopening, I think we're up to 21 tracks or 22 tracks running on Saturday and Sunday. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, it's nice to see that the the schedule is getting back to normal. Now they just need to get the doors open, let the fans in and start um, making wagers in person. And this weekend, there's actually, I think, 14 stakes races with the prize pools of at least a hundred thousand dollars so they you know they've uh they've they've grown exponentially pretty quick from one week to the next yeah it looks like it looks like Mm -hmm. it so all right plenty for uh horse players out there to work with this weekend 
Oh, no doubt. So where are we looking at first? Well, we'll start out in New York. Belmont's opened. Oh. And, uh, you know, they'll be running the Belmont Stakes in two weeks or, yeah, two weeks, I think, on the 20th. Yeah. She's going to be kind of interesting because the Belmont's in middle of June. The Kentucky Derby will be the first Saturday of September. Then I think they're running the Preakness in November. So you have a big window between all these three races. So it's uh, I, I doubt that you're going to see a Triple Crown winner for a couple of reasons, um, because a lot of horses are going to be well-rested. They're not going to get that back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back grueling schedule that they normally get through the Triple Crown. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's going to be a pretty crazy year in those Triple Crown races, maybe three different winners. Oh, wow. Calling your shot now, huh? Calling my shot now. I'm standing at home plate in Wrigley, pointing my bat towards the left field bleachers. And the next pitch is going over on the Waveland. There you go. All right. I've never been to Wrigley. I've only been to the cell. So. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, poor guy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an you're American, league. I'm an American league, league guy. You're one of like, what, 18 people that go to Wrigley? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. And this is kind of a, um, you know, we'll, we'll tread lightly on this topic. But in South Korea for the, uh, what was it, baseball game that they put the dolls in the stands? To make it look like there were people there? Uh-huh. Did you read about that? I saw a picture of it. I didn't read much. I don't, yeah, I don't read much, Rich. Come on now. Yeah, I was thinking that the White Sox might think about doing that. <laughs> yeah. 1,500 people per game. <laughs> they need to do something. Yeah. I mean, they have good teams and people just don't go. A brand new stadium. The food's pretty good. It's a clean stadium. And uh, you got good, you know, pretty good views from wherever you sit. Fans just don't go to watch the White Sox play in Chicago. It's kind of like the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays, I guess. I guess so. So in Chicago, is it like New York Yankees and Mets where, you know, you don't really like the other team or can a Cub fan be a White Sox fan? I mean, I think Cubs fans can be White Sox fans, yeah. but White Sox fans can't be Cubs fans. Why is that? I think that's kind of how it rolls because the White Sox fans have this, uh, this attitude that if the Sox lost, it's okay as long as the, so the Cubs lost too. Whereas the Cubs fans just don't really care about the White Sox. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, they're, they don't even pay attention to them. Yeah. They just, they're net. I understand. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, enough of that. We'll, we'll be talking baseball down the road eventually. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. The baseball players really just retract, just rejected. It, oh, they did. They rejected yeah. it. Oh, geez. Oh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know how, they're going to go to a 50 game schedule and now they're going to do like a 10 game schedule and go straight to the playoffs. Maybe every, it's just do a series, just one big series to see who's going to win it all. Just, yeah. You know, just could do like, like the NCAA tournament, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's get the, let's get the March madness going in September. Single elimination baseball. I think that might be fun. Holy shit. That actually would be kind of fun. Those one game playoffs. are not Yeah. I think every team is in. You figure the first game, every you're going to get every team's ace. You give them off three days. You'll get their second best pitcher and then an ace again. So you're going to get the best of the best pitching. Let's do it. We should. All right, we've burned through six minutes of total bullshit. Let's 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 let's, let's zero let's in hope on that the, Let's hope that the picks don't follow suit. Right? No, they won't, Rich. Well, we had an off week last week, the first time, but we'll get back on track this week. All right. What are we looking at? So we're looking at Belmont. What race number? Race number six, it's the $150,000 Fort Marcy Stakes. It's a grade three race. And 
It's a one and one eighth miles on Belmont's inner turf. So inner turf is, um, well, it's exactly what they say. It's a turf track that's inside the dirt track. Normally the turf track is outside the dirt track. And these inner turn, these inner turf tracks tend, well, the, it's a more compact oval. So the turns are a lot sharper and it's really kind of its own unique racing um, style. It's just a little bit quirky compared to the other uh, regular dirt and outside turf tracks. But we have one of our favorites um, horses in this race, Social Paranoia. <laughs> My man. Oh, yes, indeed. He's... Uh, He's running uh, in that race, and he's on uh, my top pick. Uh, oh, no. Out. Yeah, he's uh, the eight horse, and his morning line is uh, nine to two, so you're getting some pretty good odds on him as long as that yeah. stays the same. It won't stay the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not, but they never do. Right. But I don't think he'll drop below like three to one maybe, five to two at the most. One of the big things working to his factor besides um, his, his greatness in winning money for the Deegans – is that in these um, inner turf courses, when they had the fall meet uh, from November, uh, from September to October at Belmont, horses that had the, um, that left from the gate number eight and beyond in the 13 races at the distance, 44% of them were outside. And then if you moved inside to posts four, five, six, and seven, that was the second highest winningest group. So the inside horses struggle because of those tight turns, I guess, and the outside horses do best. No sure. He, oh. he, yeah. So it's a, it's definitely a, a bias that you have to factor into. So the best horse might not necessarily win, but the best placed horse might win. Hmm. And he's definitely one of the better placed horses. Well, between the eight and the nine, so the eight now, he's, uh, I think he's better than the nine horse, Trib Hooven who uh, I don't have in my picks, but he could factor. He, he raced pretty well in his first trip on the U.S. soil. But behind social paranoia, we have number five, and that's uh, instilled regard. Now, this is a horse that's running some pretty good races. We had him in the Pegasus World Cup as one of our top picks, and he too has run pretty well on uh, turf. He's got six starts on the turf for the win, a second, and three-thirds. So he's hit the board in five of his six turf races. He's got Irad Ortiz Jr., who is definitely one of the best jockeys in the world right now, riding for Chad Brown, who is absolutely the United States' best trainer, I think two or three years running. And instilled regard uh, also posted the highest last race speed figure the last time he went out. So you have strong horse strong connections between the jockey and the trainer and he's got a good history of running um on turf so i i, I have him as my second pick mm. gucci factor if there's any gucci left anywhere there isn't man i saw i saw the footage <laughs> yeah he's our third pick he's uh been a beast at belmont five eight races with five wins and a in a third and overall on the turf he's run 10 times with seven wins and, and a third. So, you know, he, he could be an all or nothing type horse. He's either probably going to get out to the front uh, at, at the at the wire or might not show up at all. But considering his record at Belmont, considering his record on turf, you cannot overlook the horse. Um, that's why we have him as our third pick. 
Our fourth pick is Flop Shot. You ever tried one of those? You play golf? No. What, what is it? No. So when you're playing golf, if you're close to the green, right, you see sometimes these pros, they, they're they five, six, maybe 15 feet from the cup, mm-hmm. and they take these really full swings, and you're like, oh, my God, that ball is going to go flying. So what they do is they open up the club face. So they'll take like a 60-degree angle club, and they'll turn the club so that it goes from maybe 60 degrees to almost 180 degrees, almost parallel with the ground. And then they swing through as hard as they can, and it, it pops the, the ball straight up and then straight back down. Is that's that, a pop shot. Oh, well. So that's, rem- that's remarkably similar to how I play golf when I'm really trying. <laughs> well, what's funny about these flop shots is if you miss them, if you don't hit it exactly right, because of the way you turn the club, you can hit the ball flush with the bottom of the club. And you can send a screamer, a low 95-mile-an-hour worm burner at your playing partner. So <laughs> I've seen that happen before, too. And, uh, you know, I've seen a few kids, a few people, myself included, get hit in the backside with one of these 95-mile-an-hour flop shop screamers, and they don't feel good. They leave a mark. <laughs> Every podcast we talk about, you get hit, you get hit. Your mom hits you on the head. You get hit with golf balls, man. Yeah, I'm just a target, my man. Apparently so. I've had a lot of interesting things happen to me in my 53 years. And I I don't know if I'm, if I'm cursed or blessed. (laughs) Gives you something to talk about. So I guess you're you're blessed. You're still, you're still standing. Yeah, I limp a little bit, but I'm still standing. (laughs) So Flop Shot's making um, his first U.S. start after uh, beginning his career in uh, in France. Again, Chad Brown, great trainer. Uh, with shippers to the U.S., he wins at 21%. First time he runs with a horse, they win at 28%. The horse is going to get Lasix um, for the first time. They they ban that, and I think, in a lot of European uh, countries. And it's basically a, a drug that stops their lungs from bleeding, from running. Mm-hmm. And it can give them extra oxygen and some additional endurance late. So a lot of these European horses, when they come over, um, they get the Lasix and they perform well, better than they did overseas. But sometimes it takes a race or two uh, before those international horses can adjust. Maybe they have jet lag coming from uh, east to west. I don't know. But this horse has never finished out of the money in uh, its five races, in its six races over in, in France, uh, five of them on turf. And he's uh, running at the grade two level recently. So I would expect that this is a high quality horse. It's tough to tell what he's going to bring to the table, but based upon the company he's been keeping in, uh, in the races over there and where he's been finishing, I suspect he'll fit right into this crew and could offer some very good uh, value at six to one. And because he's an international horse, might get overlooked, but I highly doubt with Chad Brown as the trainer that he's going to get overlooked. I would expect his odds to actually come down a little bit. Hmm. And uh, uh, so that rounds out our top four picks. And our alternate picks are number six. That's Synchrony. He's a four to one. And number seven, Dev Amani. So those round out our top six picks. Okay. I think that social paranoia and instilled regard are you're probably your, your, your winner's likely to come from there. So, you know, putting together tickets, maybe you put those two on top of an exacta with the other uh, top four picks or maybe top six picks and, and try to collect the ticket that way. Okay. That's how you'd lay it out. Those two, but those two are on top. 
Yeah, I like those two the most. I think they both have, uh, in, you know, social paranoia. He's got the right post position. I think he's better than the nine horse. And then instilled regard is probably the best horse in the race. Um, maybe flop shot might be the best horse in the race. But a lot of times, like I said, those international horses need one before they show what they're, uh, you know, what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't put him on top just yet. Let him come over here, show that he can run on uh, U.S. grass and put a W in his belt. And, and then from there, factor him in at top. Sounds good. So then we can fast forward a race to Belmont Park race number seven. And that is the um, Westchester Stakes. It's a grade three. Again, they're running for uh, $100,000. This time they're running a mile and a 16th on the dirt. Mm-hmm. And I have a little bit of a long shot in here as my second pick. So before we get to the second pick, Code of Honor, the nine horse, he is um, a top choice. He ran, if you remember in the Kentucky Derby last uh, last year. He finished third, but got placed uh, second. Uh, and when Maximum Security decided to swerve and cut everybody off. Yeah, I remember that. Which was kind of controversial, but he came back after that uh, to win the grade three Dwyer Stakes, the grade one Travers, finished second in the nose at another grade one race at, at Belmont before kind of fading, uh, uh, fading really badly in the Breeders' Cup Classic at Santa Anita and hasn't raced since. But he's a quality horse, probably the best horse in the field. It's definitely run against some of the better competition. And I, I, I don't know that that he's not the best horse. So if he's – I know he's the favorite at six to five. Wait, he's, he's capped as the best horse for sure. Right. And, I, and I, you know, I try to find reasons not, right. you know, to fade a six to five instead of betting a six to five. But minus that bad race at the Breeders' Cup Classic where he was, you know, the second or third choice, he just didn't, just didn't run. And sometimes, you know, horses just don't run. It was his third race after a layoff. Maybe he was tired <clears throat> running against great competition, but he didn't really run that bad of a race. It was just that the field was that good. So I don't, I can overlook that race. He's been at Belmont three times, one twice, finished second once on a fast track. He's got five wins and nine races. So it's, you know, it's, it's hard to find something not to like. Mm-hmm. So I do have him on top, but I want to back him up since he's likely to be one to one or maybe even four to five when, when they leave the gate with something that could offer some uh, offer some value and boost uh, your payouts. And the six horse Jovia is kind of interesting to me uh, for a couple of reasons. He came off, um, you know, when he came out to race July fifteenth of uh, two thousand eighteen at Monmouth, his first race he won. All right, so coming off a rest, he won. Okay. The next time he raced wasn't until February of 2019, so he had another long break, finished second by a neck, and then got another break um, after racing uh, June at Belmont of uh, 2019, came back in January of, of this year at Aqueduct and won. So Source has three wins. One of them came in his debut. One of them came after a, a, a sizable break, six-month, seven-month break. And then the other time he had a rest, he finished second by a neck. Mm. So it seems to me like this horse, when it's getting, when it's coming off the bench or out of the barn and he's had some time to rest his legs, puts in his best effort. And then on top of that, he's put in some really nice workouts as he's leading up to the race. So if you're going to get anything out of Jovia, and he's going to have a shot to win based upon his history. 
I'm going to say it's coming off of a break with some rest and some nice workouts. So at 20 to one, his history says expect the best from him. As a matter of fact, his best speed figures ever have come when he's had a rest. Hmm. So it's a little bit of a, a long shot that we can put in there as our second pick. Um, our third pick is the is the real horse number one, uh, that's endorsed. He's six to one, Bill Mod horse. He's uh, run the distance twice, got two wins. Uh, so I kind of like to see that track record. He's pretty much an all or nothing horse too. I like all or nothing horses um, simply because if they hit, especially when they're a value play like a six to one, you're going to get good odds. So in eight races, he has four wins in a second. In six fast track races, he has three wins in six races. And in the off track, so if we get a little bit of funny weather out there at Belmont, he has a win and a place in two races. Hmm. So I like the fact that he's two for two at the distance. He's riding the rail, which is at the at the distance is um, he's a twenty three percent winner. Oh, so you got a strong rail bias. You have a horse that's performed very well at the distance. He either wins or nothing on a fast track. There is some. Uh, there are some rain. There is some rain and thunderstorms in the forecast for Saturday. So if you get a wet track, he's performed really well on a wet track. I like it. Yeah. So it, it's a horse definitely to have your eye on. And our fourth pick here is a God, I'm from Pennsylvania and they're going to strangle me for not being able to say this word ever. Right. But Manahangahila, <laughs> it's one of the three rivers uh, that, converge outside of where the Pittsburgh Steelers play at three, well, it used to be three river stadium, right? Heinz yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Heinz, Heinz now. Heinz field. Yeah. Name yeah. yeah. Like John Kerry. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, at least the, the money that he married into. Right. We should all be so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. We should be. I wouldn't mind have a married a little, you know, married money instead of, instead of looks. I'm just going to let that, I don't know if she listens or not. So I'm just going to let that go. Mrs. Rich, uh, I, I'm sure you're a wonderful person. No, she is a wonderful person. She knows I'm joking. I'm always clowning around. My kids, they know it too. So everybody around me knows I'm always playing. Okay. Okay. That's just my nature. If you're not good natured and you're not having fun, then what's the point of being here? When I show up with my beach towel and everything ready to party at your pool, I don't want her to throw me out. That's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to stay on her good side. Yes. She won't throw you out. Okay. He's five foot, 110 pounds. Just be difficult. <laughs> so our fourth pick is, uh, is pain. And uh, this is a horse that won its last race running one of the better speed figures. And Chad Brown, again, a great trainer. When he, one of his horses wins, they return to the track to win again at 29%. And the last time out, he won by nine and three quarters lengths. And many, many, many times when you're looking through the past performance figures, mm-hmm. when you see a horse that like extends a lead like that late, um, that's a sign of a horse that's in really good form. And a lot of times they come back to run a very good race the next time. They might not win the next time, but you know they're going to put up a really good fight. And, and that's what you really want from your horses to know that you're going to get an even effort that you can count on. And it's something that you can expect um, with consistency. And I've seen this over and over and over and over again. And this horse in the last 10 races has finished in the money uh, every single time in his 10 races that he's run. So 
If he didn't make it in the money, it would be the first time in his 11 race career that he didn't finish first, second, or third. I know I have him fourth, but you know, you're splitting hairs between third and fourth picks many times. Right. Right. And then, uh, uh, that was number four in pain. And then Mahangahila and Mijos, the two and the three are our, um, alternative picks in this race. The two and the three are the alts. Okay, okay. And four. I had four, a little four is there. Okay, I flipped okay. the, the two and the four when I was Just making sure I'm cracking this right. Okay, there you go. I got you. Every now and then I do that. I flip things. That's fine. We'll, we'll stay on it. Tracing dyslexia. Maybe it's uh, one of those, you know, one of those um, foretelling slips where Mahangahila is actually going to go into the fourth spot. Maybe so. Or maybe it's just doing the golf ball off the dome that you, you maybe you don't it, remember. It could be. <laughs> Plenty of hits on the dome from wrestling and football. <laughs> yeah. I've had many. Uh, probably the worst shot I ever took in my life was in wrestling in high school. And uh, trying, I don't know if people watch MMA or any of these type of uh, combat sports. But in, in high school and college wrestling, they do a lot of takedowns with the legs. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting in for a, a single leg takedown. At the same time, the other person was stepping towards me. Yep. And their knee caught me flush on the forehead. And and I, I was on the ground and I, I was just like Tweety Bird was swing swirling around and stars and all sorts of things. It was uh, definitely the, the 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 hardest shot I ever took. And there's no doubt I was concussed after that. But back yeah. then concussions didn't matter. Get up and no. do it again. Right, right. Well, maybe not do that again, but you know you should try. Maybe altering your technique a little bit there, Rich. Yeah. Well, normally I got it, but uh, <laughs> that was one time where the guy was was well prepared. <laughs> Probably didn't mean to do that, but. Uh, he certainly did, and I felt it. So it was a uh, was it was the hardest shot I've ever taken in my life. No question mm-hmm. about that. Football had a couple good ones too, where I got hit and didn't know where I was. But that that one was the hardest of all. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you got the nine, who's clearly a favorite. Mm-hmm. How are we going to structure this bet? So what I would probably do is I would put Code of Honor and Jovia at the top of the ticket with endorsed. So maybe three three horses. Because of that rail bias, yeah, uh, Jovia. Because you got those long, those long odds, and Code of Honor, because it's the best horse. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe box those three horses, hoping that you know, Code of Honor runs third, and then Jovia wins and endorse comes in second. That would make for a really nice trifecta. There you go. I mean, uh, exact. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Now you can box them in a trifecta too, but I would probably extend it out a little bit in the trifecta. Put uh, Code of Honor and Jovia in the top spot. And then include those two, of course, in case one of them runs second with endorsed. So one six. So the ticket would look like six nine with one six nine. And then maybe all of the six horses in the third spot. You can't have a winner if you don't have the third place horse. And I can't tell you how many times I've had the first two place horses. Mm-hmm. And then some horse that I liked, but I had him ranked a little bit lower, you know, sneaks his nose past another horse at the wire to make for a really nice ticket. And I didn't have them because I was trying to be on the cheap with my ticket. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Got that structured out. All right. So the next thing we're going to do now is we're going to hop on the supersonic jet and fly all the way across the country to Santa Anita, which is the, um, you know, is holding the marquee races of the day. There's six stakes races uh, at Santa Anita. And one of them is the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, it's race eight, I believe, on mm-hmm. the cars. Eight. Yep. And it's uh, one of the uh, races on the detour 
to the September Kentucky Derby. And, scenic, scenic route. Yeah, to take the scenic route. You know, it's winding across the country and taking its time almost a whole year. Jeez. Probably, actually, it is a year if you think about it. I, I think that they do start with the first um, – like qualifying races as early as September in the uh, Churchill meet. So they've probably have been on the road to the Kentucky Derby for, for a year. Holy cow. By the time they actually run the thing, they might be actually running. I have to look into this. This is a good question. They might actually be running qualifying races for next year's Kentucky Derby before they even run this year's Kentucky Derby. That's amazing. That is kind of amazing. I wonder if that's ever happened before. Probably not. Maybe during wartime, but I think this is the first time in a, I think some, I don't know, 50 years or something that's been delayed. Wow. So, uh, do we do, do we need horses in World War II? No, not really, did we? So World War One, right? Yeah, World War One. they made the movie about the horse. I'm sure they had them in World War Two as well, but I, probably not. You had tanks. I'm not them. talking about Poland. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think they had anything based upon yeah. <laughs> They were through there pretty quickly from what I read. Oh, yeah, they were through very quick, quickly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <clears throat> Santa Anita Derby, before I get myself in more trouble. The uh, grade one, it's a mile and a 16th on the uh, main track. And one of the probably Kentucky Derby favorites is running in this race. It's the favorite, number seven, Authentic. Oh, and he, I think he's going to be hard to beat, too, because of the track bias so before the lockdown, they had 16, um, I think it was 16 route races at the distance. So a route is just a race that's a mile or, or longer. Mm. And um, and of the 16 races, 15 of them were won by speed horses. And nine of the 16 were won by horses that, that won wire to wire. So they left the gate first and they never saw the backside of another horse. So Authentic is one of the faster horses. He's run three times, won all three races. In his debut, he, in the first half mile, he was second by a head and then second by a half. So at the quarter pole, he was only a you know, nose behind the leading horse. At the half mile marker, he was a half length behind the leading horse and then took over one by one and a half lengths. Since he hasn't seen another horse um, in front of him. And that includes winning the San Felipe stakes in a wire wire fashion where the closest horse to him ever was a length behind mm. ended up winning by two and a quarter lengths. The race before that, the closest horse was a, a length and a half behind them ended up winning by seven and three quarter lengths. He's got the right racing style based upon the track. He could get a little bit of pressure and uh, just looking at the fractions shooters shoot is another uh, horse that we've talked about in the past. It's just his, Arches basketball game, yeah, along with hacking, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Foul, foul minutes, out in the second quarter. That's my basketball game. Well, with five minutes left to go, right? <laughs> yeah. So that you can extend out these games, which is a rule they have to change. <sighs> but the uh, they both ran a mile at Santa Anita, and um, shooter shoot got a good track, so it was a little bit heavy track, maybe. Whereas authentic had a fast track. And yet shooter shoots fractions were a little bit faster. So that could be uh, if there's a negative for authentic in this is that he might have to run a little bit faster out of the gate than he might want to, if he wants to be on the lead. Otherwise I would expect that shooter shoot will um, probably get the lead and you'll find authentic right on his hip. Hmm. And then they'll probably race that way uh, up until 
the, the second turn, and which point you'll probably see Authentic make its move coming out of the turn as they come down the stretch for home. Um, another horse that's probably likely to be right there in the mix at the front is uh, Rushy. So Rushy ran a, his best race, um, second best race ever coming off the bench in his first run at Oaklawn Park last time out where he won. It's the favorite at optional claiming level. So he's taken a huge step up. But when I look back at his previous um, two race cycle, he came off, ran really well, one of his best races, what was his best race to that point, and then really improved in race number two off the sidelines. If that trend holds and he really improves, I expect that Rushy will um, outperform shoot or shoot. Uh, so the way I have it lined up is authentic is my top horse. Mm-hmm. Authentic AP um, – Authentic AP, Honor AP, which is the second favorite I have as my second uh, pick. Oh, okay. He ran last time in the San Felipe Stakes against Authentic, and it wasn't really close. Uh, a lot of people thought very highly of Authentic, of Honor AP. He cost $850,000, so he's not a cheap horse. He's the most expensive horse in the field. And a lot of people thought that this might be um, one of the main Kentucky Derby contenders However, in his last race, he he didn't run um, from October 13th to March 7th. Mm-hmm. So when horses get a long break like that, they can be rusty too. So he might have come back into the track and been a little bit rusty. So this is going to be the the, the, the do-tell race. If he comes out and he improves like he probably should in the second start in a much tighter time frame, you'll know what kind of horse Honor AP is. So if any horse is going to upset Authentic – I think Honor AP probably has the best chance to do so uh, simply because this is a high quality horse. They paid a lot of money for him. He's well-bred and a lot is expected from this horse. So it's going to be, this is do or die time for Honor AP. And I'm expecting that you're going to see exactly that quality come out of the horse. Rushy is my third pick um, because I do expect him to have that big bounce up um, from his uh, first race off a layoff okay. based upon his previous cycle. We're looking at Anur Dior, if that's how you even pronounce that. I can't speak French, so forgive me um, if that's even French. <laughs> uh, as our fourth pick, he's run really terribly lately. Um, the last <laughs> two races, he's been brutal, finishing uh, fifth by nine and a half lengths and ninth mm. by 12 lengths. But he does have back class, a lot of back class. What's a back class? Back class is so when you're looking at a horse, they have uh, you'll see they run and then they get a little bit of a break and then they run again. So back class is the those previous races. So kind of like the foundational races, if you will, when they first got started or maybe last year in their campaign. So if their history, their previous races are back class. Oh, okay. and, and, and what I mean. So those are their previous races. But back class means that they ran really well in those races. And they're not running so well now. I gotcha. I gotcha. So in those, in his first three races, he won by eight lengths. And then he finished second by a head and second by a, a neck in solid races. So in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is a grade one race for uh, for two-year-olds, he um, finished second by a head. Mm. So this is a horse that a lot of people thought – coming into his three-year-old campaign would be a, um, you know, a contender perhaps 
uh, to be one of the top three-year-olds in the country. In his three-year-old campaign so far, he's not raced very well at all. In fact, he was the favorite in the Risen Star Stakes when he finished ninth. He just didn't run very well. Then he tried to come back in the Arkansas Derby, didn't run very well either. So the back class says he fits. If he runs back to any of that level, um, he has a shot to upset this field. Now, in his return to the track at the Arkansas Derby, despite the fifth-place finish, it was his third best speed figure ever. So if he improves in race number two, and the only other time where he had a two-race cycle before going back into the barn for rest, he made a huge jump. And that huge jump was win, uh, finishing second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So if you see a similar jump, I don't think you will, but if you did, um, the horse could win. I like it. And he's 15 to one. Yeah. So that's my logic behind having him in the fourth spot. In the fifth spot, I have Friars Road, which is the um, the is the horse on the rail. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have him on the rail is in these 16 races, 32% of them, so one out of three, the horse on the rail won. No shit. Okay. Yeah. So there's clearly a rail bias at yeah. Santa Anita at this distance. If that horse was second or, you know, he had the, the two the two gate or the four gate or any other post, I would probably overlook him. But you just can't throw away something that's winning at 32%. So if 32% is essentially what the favorites win at. Mm-hmm. And the favorite, you might get five to two odds or two to one odds, sometimes less than one to one odds. An all likelihood authentic is going to be three to five, maybe two to five, maybe even <laughs> lower, who knows. Um and he's probably, you know, and just from a, never mind, you know, the quality of the horse, um, but just from a percentage of the time that the favorite wins, about 30% of the time, and you're going to get one to five odds or maybe two to five or three to five odds. And if you just rewind a little bit, you know, down the gates, the one horse is going to statistically have the same type of winning percentage as the favorite, but you might get 20 to one odds. Right, right. So just from a pure math standpoint, it makes sense to to consider him. Yeah, no, I'm considering him. Yeah. So, and then <laughs> final pick is Shooter Shoot. Uh, you know, I do expect that he'll be up on the, the lead early, but when he's gotten past late or any point in time in the race, he's tend to fade. So I expect Authentic will pass him. I expect Honor AP will pass him. And if that happens, you know, the horse tends to give up. Uh, but I think he's a little bit better than anything else that's left in the field and, you know, should have a shot at finishing fifth or sixth. Maybe you never know, hang in there and finish third or fourth. But I do, you know, his history says that once he's passed, you know, he tends to to throw in the towel. I gotcha. Okay, so break it down. Like, this is a heavy favorite we're looking at here. How are we going to structure this bet? So the heavy favorite, um, you know, I try to look at exactas or trifectas. And really, I hope for back doors, to be honest with you, so what a backdoor is, is when the favorite finishes second or third, mm-hmm. and then some of the other horses finish on top. And in this kind of betting strategy, you really can't load up with a lot of money because, you know, you're kind of expecting to lose because the favorite's probably going to win. Yeah. But what I would probably, how I would, how I would bet this race is I would put Honor AP, Rushi, and Anu Dior to come in first place on my trifecta. I would put authentic to come in second place just in case he has a bad race. And then I would put um, honor AP, Rushi, Anur Dior, 
the one Friars Road and Shooter Shoot in the third spot. And my hope is that, you know, some one of my other, you know, top four picks just nips them at the wire. I get good odds. So say, you know, um, the four horse, the French name I can't pronounce comes yeah. in first and wins at, you know, 20 to one. And then you have authentic second, and then maybe uh, uh, you know, Friars Road hits the the board third with thirty to one odds. Then you can end up with uh, like a two or three hundred dollar uh, trifecta, even though the one to five finish second. Okay, yeah, I'm down. And I like I said, I really wouldn't put a lot of money at it just because yeah. you know it's a ticket that you have to expect to lose. But you know, enough seventy percent of the time the favorite doesn't win. Right, so, right. More often than not, you know, you're going to have a chance to cash a nice trifecta that way without the favorite winning. There you go. So this is a lottery ticket kind of play. We're just throwing I don't know. I think if I had a 70% chance to have, you know, the lottery ticket, uh, it's saying they're not a 70% chance winner, but, you know, if, if, I, my, if, my, if I had a, a strategy to play the lottery where my odds of picking the winner doubled, I wouldn't consider it, a, you know, it's the same as a lottery. It's a little better than a lottery ticket. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. Mm. It's not as bad as a lottery ticket. Well, I understood the, uh, you know, you know, the, uh, the comparison you were trying to make there. Yeah. Well, thanks for throwing me under the bus, Rich. It's all right, Arch. <laughs> you left me hanging there when I, you know, and I put my neck out on the line. So I was swinging from the gal by myself. Hey, too. There you go. There you go. Oh. So that's kind of what we're looking at. There's a lot of races this weekend. We have a wager guide up for the uh, yeah. races at Santa Anita where we cover everything on all the races. There's, I don't like I said, 22 tracks. We have every single race, our top six picks um, selected. And it should be an exciting weekend for horse racing. Things are back to normal, uh, minus mm-hmm. fans in the stands. But I can't imagine it's not too far away before there's some people back in, in the audience. Yeah. And uh, there'll be plenty of money to be made this weekend. So, uh, you know, horse players out there and folks that are looking to put some money at risk, this is a great weekend to get back into horse racing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm pumped. And then I can email you later and say, what the hell? <laughs> You're going to throw me under the bus then. What the hell? You told me the 20 to 1 is going to come. <laughs> oh, man. You know, good stuff. Is there anything else we need to know, Rich? That's it for today. Um, just hoping for a really good weekend in the track. Nice weather. Finish up my deck. Get the pool up and uh, start enjoying the summer. Yeah, that sounds nice. That sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, I guess that's it. I guess we'll talk to you later. Yeah, see you in a week. And everybody, I hope you catch some tickets this weekend. Absolutely. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.